Welcome to the Bourbon Library, hosted by the Bayless Brothers. A spirited conversation always served neat as barrel proof of our family bond. Grab a glass. The episode starts now. Okay, so uh, welcome to another episode of the Bourbon Library. We're here with uh, me, Alec. And me, Ryan, as per usual. And you we're... Can't, you can't escape me, Al. <laughs> well, uh, when we're talking we're gonna, about whiskey, you know, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about whiskey. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not sipping a whiskey right now. So if you're listening to this while you're driving and you're not sipping a whiskey, like you, you should be not sipping a whiskey, uh, cool. Okay, so it makes two of us. It makes two of us. No big deal. It's okay to listen and not drink. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely, not, not as fun. But um, so I read this article on Whiskey Advocate uh, yeah. by Ted Simmons, and it's called "Why Whiskey Makers Are Embracing Change." Uh-huh. <clears throat> and I wanted to talk about it because I think it really lines up with our film and the timing of our Empire Eye documentary that's going to yeah. be coming out that we worked on, but basically the gist of the article is talking about all of these different people, Jackie's I can from old Forrester leaving to go start uh, hidden door. And mm-hmm. then people from makers market were leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's another guy from Strahan's that actually went up to uh, angels envy to work via work there, but that's like sort of a, a separate thing, but there's basically all these master blenders or master distillers or in jackie's case like a master taster yeah leaving these big companies to go start smaller endeavors and uh jackie's quoted saying something like you're you'll see a lot more of like money is great but these other things that we want to do and try are really enticing and that you'll see that ripple throughout the industry yeah and it makes me think of greg metz for example like he was he's a tried and true old dog worked yeah. at uh you know for brown foreman forever or not brown foreman seagrams uh, seagrams M- MGP. mgp sorry uh forever and then you know is at old elk and like mm-hmm. he not that he just does it for the money he's like an engineer process yeah. guy but it's just like a different breed of people sort of coming up into whiskey making right now they're doing different things yeah i think at one time there was probably a lot of pride in being like a company man right you know what i mean again if you can get in with a big whiskey company uh then great you you've made it uh and but there also to to that point there wasn't another alternative option craft wasn't an option in the way that it is now so now Mm -hmm. that it is it's interesting uh also generationally speaking i think jackie is a fairly when she's certainly younger than Greg Metz, uh, <laughs> I think considerably, um, you know, it's also a generation that's maybe, yeah, less company, company man, company person uh, mm. centric and more kind of independently, you know, there, there's a world in which you can do a lot of different things and you can kind of have a, a piece of that ownership. I mean, those big companies that you listed that, they, that those people work for, uh, and I saw in that article, Woodford Reserve, or I'm sorry, Maker's Mark, uh, Angels Envy is mentioned, um, Heaven Hill is mentioned, you know, yep. they're big corporate entities owned by even bigger conglomerates. Um, and so there's probably a certain corporate mindset that gets in the way of making art, you know, or craft, you know, craft, craftsmanship, yeah. innovation. innovation, perhaps maybe that after a while you realize I'm just Mickey Mouse for Disneyland and I want to be Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and make my so, own little Mickey land. My make, my own, make my own little Disneyland. Um, it, what's kind of funny to me, and I'm curious what you think about this, is uh, they talk about money. This idea of, you know, well, it's not, you know, but there's no way they, they jump the ship and they're like, all right, let's see if I can get a loan and you can get a loan and we can do this thing. There's definitely probably like private equity money involved in all of this. A hundred percent. But there's also like their connections are. Yeah. Um, it's not like if I go start a whiskey company, no one's going to buy that. Right. But right. If it's like she's got these, all these resources that allows yeah. them. There's a, a lot of people like, yeah. um, yeah, they have they and well, what's interesting too is like with Hidden Barn, she wants to go. She's sourcing from different mm. places and wants mm. to show off what different regions have to offer, uh-huh. which I think is perfectly aligned with Empire Rye, for example. It's like yeah. that that would be an exit. That would be one release of this whiskey if she bought stuff from some of the Hudson Valley distillers or some of the Northern New York distillers and yeah and put that into a hidden barn bottle and was like, this is our New York expression. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Um, yeah. I think innovation, I think you hit it on the head. I mean, innovation would be the number one reason for these people to want to go do something like that. Uh, innovation, probably a bit of freedom, you know, you, you, don't have to wear, you don't have to wear the suit to work. Uh, not that anybody in whiskey probably wears well. I'm sure people still wear a suit to work, but you know, you look at the Russell's, it's not like they're wearing tuxedos. Um, <laughs> But I, I think, yeah, it's a I Kentucky think the, tuxedo. I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I think that, um, yeah, I, I get the allure of craft, uh, especially, I mean, in, in Jackie's case, and we keep using her as the example, um, maybe because it's her trajectory. I guess I know a little more than the other ones, but uh, you know, master taster. I mean, that's pretty interesting. Uh, I could see if you're a tastemaker, it's almost like being a creative director. Uh, for like an ad agency or something right you just sort of like you want to put your taste on stuff and at a certain brand after a while that runs its course that's why you know you look in advertising in our business and creative directors and 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 creative teams at ad agencies don't stay for very long if you stay too long uh it's sort of a bad sign of that agency i think in a way because uh and maybe that goes for whiskey too like how much of a mark can you leave i don't know i'm going to say that and then I also want to consider someone like Nicole Austin, mm. you know, who started off in craft and she rose the ranks and she's enjoying, you know, she said, now I can have horses. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, she's, she's at uh, George Dickel and, and in a way, you know, with like the thing she's doing with the Leopold brothers, that collaboration, which I know we talked about, uh, we tried in another episode. That's also innovation and uh, totally. experimentation um, and collaboration, all the Asians. Um, yeah, I feel like maybe they're, that's what she's brought to it. Cause she, yeah, I feel like maybe Jackie's the opposite. She entered the corporate and this is uh, just guessing, but yeah. um, she entered the corporate world and then now wants to do all this experimentation. And Nicole's the opposite trajectory of where she started with, yeah experimentation like that is how she entered the industry yeah. and um and everything she, i know about, she wants the other th- piece of the pie you know everything i learned about nicole too is that she's sort of she's a scientist in a way or not in a way engineer scientist uh process person 
Mm -hmm. Um, And so I could see how someone like her could go, you know, once the processes are in place in a craft company that you're working for or whatever, uh, the next step would be to to join a bigger process, to be part of something bigger, to to scale up uh, in that way. When you're a tastemaker, yeah, yeah, I think you'd want to have a little more um, freedom to, to try stuff. That's just, yeah. I mean, we're well, as you, know, you not as, necessarily polar opposites, but no, or it's just like you, they, they each got a different part of the, the puzzle at different yeah. points and now they want yeah. to try the other thing. Yeah. But yeah, you look at like, that reminds that of this guy, Owen Martin, he left Stranahan's mm-hmm. uh, to angels envy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kind of going up and, and he wants to, well, he says, I look forward to bringing my knowledge of secondary cask finishing and unique perspective. I feel like that's a similar thing. Like he got to experiment more, maybe at a yeah. smaller brand. Yeah. And then he's going to bring some of that. Cause, cause it's like, they, they have to take risks, the yeah. smaller companies. Yeah. And so like they, the big companies. Or they, or they do by accident. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, well now that you've learned these things, bring them to the, the place where we can spend a little more money on them. Well, that's going to be what's interesting is these big, big, big companies. I think they're going to start poaching more craft people too, because they're going to need to compete with the innovation at some point. You know, we talked to homie at, uh, was it Maker's Mark um, or uh, Woodford Reserve? Chris. Uh, Chris. He's like, first of all, he said, what more innovation could I do? Right. Which I understood. He, you know, he'd, he'd, sort of, he'd given a lot to the industry. He'd given, he's point. given a lot to the industry, the wine, the wine finishers and et cetera. <laughs> but uh, also, you know, you want to sort of keep something whiskey is sort of precious in a way. And uh, but if they want to compete with craft and an expanding craft world, they're going to ha- it's just going to be like, all right. We ran out of ideas. Let's come up with a whole other set of new ideas. They're going to need to innovate and they're going to have to look to craft people, uh, leaders in, in the craft distillery world for an answer. Where where in the United States would you be the most curious to try a whiskey? A regional whiskey? Mm-hmm. Um, made, made from the stuff they have in that state. New Orleans. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> what that I mean, you have Sazerac is based there, which, you know, uh, that's, that's true. Just, uh, but but they're not regional, I don't think. But I just think like Louisiana. Well, hot, craft, craft. Hot, hot, yeah. A, a Louisiana or New Orleans based craft whiskey company that's using the regional resources. Uh, I don't know what kind of crops they grow, but I'm thinking about the New Orleans area and like swampland and, and uh, you know, this sort of high humidity heat uh Mm -hmm. and that doesn't really let let go it's different than you know you have texas that's like super dry heat but then in louisiana you know your face feels like wax it's like wet so i guess i'd be curious to see what that does uh barrels mold or something yeah (laughs) alcohol prevents it i don't know uh i don't know yeah i'd be i'd be curious that and of course uh i'm always going to be interested in what happens in michigan i know Mm -hmm. we have like you know journeymen and, and some other folks but um mammoth is something i've been looking at yeah they're, they're doing that rose and rye yeah so uh there's also regions within regions right i mean mammoth maybe is a good example they're further north than say mm-hmm. journeyman uh you know michigan's is different uh it's big and it has uh the regions within that state are different and i'd be curious uh you know but someone mentioned it i think it was colin spolman at king's county talking about like midwest grain midwest mm-hmm. being grain forward 
and you know, I'm kind of curious to see what that starts to shape up and look like. What about for you? Where would I, I would want to do, I don't know. I, I kind of like these East coast yeah. states. So maybe like, like Maine or like Rhode Island, like what is that? Like a really weird yeah. coastal part of like, cause it's so close to Canada. Maybe there's like similar rye styles yeah. Um, or like Georgia. I think I like the, the Southern, the wet Southern States too, like South Carolina. Yeah, yeah. North Carolina like what would they make? Um, I think they're doing it. There's definitely craft places there. They're kind of popping up everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd be curious, like Nantucket, like an Island 30 miles out to ocean or whatever it is. Yeah. Like what do uh, they have? <laughs> um, yeah. I think, uh, that reminds yeah, me of I mean, better man on Long Island. Yeah. Right. 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 But Nantucket's a much more isolated Island than Long Island, even yeah. though it's go, you know, there could be some similarities just because, you know, they're connected by a body of water and like, you know, we talk about uh, uh, what's the one Jefferson, right? With Jefferson yeah. at sea or whatever, which is sort of a gimmick, I think. But uh, I mean, great. I, I don't know what they grow in Nantucket naturally. I don't know if they can grow rye or if rye, rye does supposedly grow everywhere. I'd be curious to have like a Nantucket rye uh, turned into, so uh, you know, and, and barreled kind of by the ocean with their really cold winters and their, and their kind of warm uh, summers with the ocean air and the salt and, and, uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'd be curious to see what that does. So, well, even like we've covered a lot in the the dock with those Hudson Valley distillers, but there's yeah. still small ones between all these places too, like Berkshire, or yeah, yeah, the Berkshires for sure. Uh, I just learned of one called like the Steel Brothers or something mm-hmm. uh, that's in our area uh, up here in the Hudson Valley that's doing rye. Uh, the they're tic- just building Taconic. Taconic. There's, of course, uh, uh, Hill Rock. Mm-hmm. Hill Rock is so interesting to me because they're probably technically an empire ride, but they just don't play along or they're not part of that or, or what. I don't mm-hmm. know. But I mean, they grow their own grains. They've got a massive farm and a massive estate. Uh, it's a little bit. They I don't know that they want to be craft in the sense of like, I think they want to be maker's mark. I don't think they want to be copper C. They want to be maker's mark, but also being like, this is grain to glass. Yeah. They want to be a grain to glass version. Yeah. Premium, premium, premium farm distillery. Maybe. Do you think that will push any of the big guys to try to source closer across the board? You mean in general, like like uh, like Woodford like, Reserve, like they're like okay, now we're only getting Kentucky. I guess grains. it wouldn't. Yeah, like I don't think it would. I think it could hurt what they want to do. There's a reason their stuff tastes consistent. There's a reason why we like Woodford Reserve. The the big guys aren't bad. No, you know they they've been doing a great job for a long time, and I don't necessarily want to make them. Uh, unless it's an environmental issue, I don't want them to change the recipe so they can say it was grown back in their backyard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I think if, if it works, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But, but also, um, if it, I think speaking on the environment, if they can, if there is a way to grow closer, so you less, less trucking, less gas usage, uh, you know, supporting a local farm economy, agricultural community like uh then that would be great i think they should make an effort to do that so it's not because it could be just based on price you know what i mean i I would rather see them spend a little more on a local farmer than get something from canada 
but mm-hmm. if it's if it's purely flavor and purely craft or you know purely their method then uh fine let them do what works yeah you know what i mean yeah you feel me alec yeah i i i <laughs> the craft being introduced to craft so much over the last couple of years and yeah makes me super excited about that whiskey and a little bit less excited about the big whiskeys and less yeah. interested in trying some of them because they are so consistent yeah and they're doing they experiment in such subtle ways that and yeah. they don't want to go too far like jackie's saying in this article there she was working for a very risk averse company which yeah. is a nice way of saying like they don't do anything crazy yeah. anymore or they can't i mean and i don't blame them there's bills to be paid and money to be made yeah i mean it's like bills to be paid meaning people you know yeah well there's money to be made yeah and if they do something consistently over a long period of time there's millions of dollars to be made yeah uh uh, but yeah i I was blown away by how many barrels they had and how much value was in each rick house yeah we went to woodford yeah, yeah, all those big places. It's mind-blowing. I mean, it's a massive industry. Uh, craft, and that's the thing. One craft company, one region's craft company or craft community is not going to put a dent in those big those big guys. But craft is popping up, and some of the big people are jumping ship, and I think that's because craft is really starting to, to mm-hmm. uh, you know. Um, Brendan from uh, Tuttletown, uh, Hudson Whiskey, you know, he said to us, he's like, at first – you know, the craft sh- shelf was small mm-hmm. and he went back and he was like trying to find a ride and make something that his grandmother used to make. And he, you know, slowly but surely he'd go back to the liquor store and there was more and more and more. And now it's kind of crowded. And now what's happening is we're weeding out the good ones from the bad ones. And it's going to be interesting when some of these big players and these big companies have bottles on the shelf that are, are, are you know, sort of craft. Um, but like I said, I think I don't, the one thing I don't want to get to have happen or get confused is like if private equity or like multiple millionaires are still involved, you know what I mean? <laughs> They're still risk adverse to some, even if it's someone else gets it, they, someone might just want to put their name on something and that's yeah. in itself a, a leap of faith. But, uh, you know, it's not like these are necessarily, they're just, they're going and moving to back to their family farm to start a liquor company. They are working with big money. We should, uh, speaking of that, we should do an episode about celebrity whiskeys. Yeah, oh, and yeah. Get, line them up like uh, yeah. Pippin's, Scotty Pippin's whiskey and yeah, Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan's what heaven, yeah, all and those McConaughey, McConaughey. Uh, <laughs> McConaughey just has his like uh, his name on a wild turkey brand. Yeah, though, yeah, yeah. Turkey. I mean, it's not like Pippin. I mean, Pippin didn't start a family farm either. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe who knows? He maybe he did. Uh, yeah, what's his called? Do you know? called uh uh digits digits because it's like his fingers oh interesting okay that's cool <laughs> yeah something like that something <laughs> yeah weird. i just got his hand do some research oh nice yeah that's cool he's digits yeah i, I used to be i used to be against these like contemporary looking modern looking liquor companies and i think because it, it can feel like gimmick or can feel like uh well, I want to see Crap. who's good. Yeah, yeah. But now I'm kind of like it. I'm like, all right, that's, I want weird bottles and weird labels and forget trying to be old. Forget trying to look like you have grandpappy's recipe. Like, just do mm. something fresh. We have all of those. We have to, I, I just want more options. Yeah. More and more options. I don't want to close anything down. Uh, you know, there's this fella on on uh, Twitter, Jay, Jay something. 
he's just such a jerk to everybody yeah. about about Weller. And he posts like an article from like three years ago that was like it was like a, a saying like people are being fooled. And he's like, it's for rookies. Like, <laughs> rookie, rookies for what game are we playing here? Yeah. You know, it's just for it's, fun, it's, man. It's just for fun. Who gives a shit? You like it? Drink it. You want to pay a bunch of money for it? Pay a bunch of money for it. Who cares? <laughs> if you have uh, it. Yeah. I would say for it's me. It's capitalism. Being, if you want it and you can afford it, yeah, you can have it. Yeah. There you go. God bless America. <laughs> no, I, I just think, uh, uh, yeah, for my, for my money, I try to put it on craft, you know, and if that's the argument I thought he, I think he thinks he's making, then fine, but he, he's not. But, it, you know, I'd say that's where I'd spend money. Uh, no, he, I'd, he's uh, making you know. the argument of it was better when the stuff I had that you cannot get ever was, again is better than what you can get now. Yeah. And it's just impossible. Yeah. I feel because like he works. there's so much innovate, like so much stuff has happened. They've yeah. gotten better and better and better yeah. at it. That's yeah. just like, sure. There's some cool stuff. Yeah. And some delicious stuff, but. I don't yeah. know if overall it's, I think overall yeah. compared to pre-prohibition yeah. to now, it's much better whiskey. Yeah. 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 For sure. I know. I do think that there has to have been, I would, I would love to have tried pre-prohibition rye whiskey made in some small farm. I'm sure oh, somebody yeah. was doing some insane thing. Yeah. Uh, some of it was probably, probably pretty bad. Some of it was probably fucking poison, but there's probably some amazing stuff. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. We don't live then. We live now and we got to do what we got to do to drink what we got to drink. So buy right. local is the short of it. Yeah. That's the, uh, that, any last thoughts for this? Oh, thanks for sharing the article. Whiskey Advocate. What's it called again? The article? Yeah. It's just uh, distillery departures. So why whiskey makers are embracing change by Ted Simmons. Yeah, that's Rope. right popped up today so hey so if you read the article uh hit us up hello at the baylessbrothers.com uh and as always i'm ryan bayless i'm alec bayless and this is the bourbon library and at the bourbon library we always like to remind you of one thing to drink is to live thanks for listening to our show if you like what you heard, kindly take the time to rate and review our show wherever you're listening. It will help us grow and make more episodes. Remember to follow us on Spotify and tell your friends about the Bourbon Library. Do you have a bourbon you think we should try? Let us know and we might just feature it on a future episode. And we'll be sure to give you a shout out. If you're listening from Spotify, Anchor, or Apple Podcasts, turn on those notifications so you know when we drop a new episode. All right, bourbon lovers. Until next time. To drink is to live.